Hello and welcome to the latest Eye on Irish Industry podcast. I'm Porik Sheeran, Head of SME at Three here in Ireland, and in this series I talk one-on-one with customers and experts about the challenges facing Irish businesses today and discuss ways of solving them. Anyone who's hiring right now can't fail to have noticed how difficult it is to attract and recruit skilled talent in today's market. Here to discuss this with me in studio is Richard Liddington, who is Director of Talent Acquisition for LinkedIn EMEA and Latin America, and they're based in Dublin. Richard is well placed to talk about this issue, not only as he's involved at the coalface as a recruiter, but LinkedIn is also a platform for businesses to identify new talent and promote themselves in the market as a place to work. Richard, thanks a million for joining me today. Absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you. Richard, it's fair to say the war for talent is absolutely raging. We're probably at full employment as a company. There are lots of vacancies, lots of companies hiring. Competition is fierce out there. So as an SMB owner or manager, how could I stand out in such a, in such a crowded field? One of the biggest weapons or most effective weapons in, in any company's arsenal is your, your talent brand or your employer brand. Now, some people would think, what is that? And a, a dictionary definition would be something like what talent thinks, feels and says about your company as a place to work. Much like you would ask friends and family for recommendations of a restaurant before you go there mm-hmm. or read a review of a movie before you go to the cinema, people will do that. Yeah. Um, of course, about a company, you know, 80% of, of prospective candidates will research an company prior to, to applying. Um, so even before they start the process, they'll think, what is this, what is this company like? How successful am I going to be there? Same as you would buy the product, for example. Yeah, ex- exactly, but yeah. with infinitely more importance because this is your yeah. job and your career. Yeah, so so you're, that's, that's your employer brand. And we've, been, we've kind of boiled that down to what is your why? So it's a very, very important question. So if I say to you, what is your why for why I should come and work with and for you? And not many companies have developed that yet. Uh, a lot of companies lead with salary, benefits, perks, you know, more and more people, you know, people in Ireland want to work for a company where their work is connected to impact and vision. Mm-hmm. They are surrounded by colleagues who inspire them, mm-hmm. uh, the culture, and have career progression. So, you know, if you want to attract the best talent and, and the war for talent is as aggressive as it has been for, for a long time, um, your talent brand needs to be on point. We recognize that our employer brand probably two and a half years ago in Dublin needed to be improved or needed to be changed. For a long time, we had gone with LinkedIn is a, a cool social media employer where we had a great office, fantastic perks, baristas, free food, gym on site, um, which is wonderful. You know, that is a perk. Mm. And then all of a sudden, if every other company, especially in tech, is offering that, you're no longer different because that's now par for the cost. So we then had to establish what is our why. Um, you could you can reframe your why as what is your employee value proposition. Mm-hmm. I should I as a prospective employee to come and work for you mm-hmm. so we invested a lot of time into establishing our why um, you can do that through any number of ways and mostly you start with your your own workforce and then we've built that out and it's it's something that is absolutely paramount to my team now yes i have a large recruiting team but it's even more important even if you're a, a 10 50 100 person business your employer brand is even more important to you mm-hmm. and does it translate though to an SMB perspective. So we talk about LinkedIn and the bigger tech companies that we're all familiar with. But if I'm an SMB owner and I'm looking and saying, you know, I'm not in, I'm not in, in the tech world. Um, maybe I'm in, in such something much more, 
you know, finance, hospitality, it, agriculture. It, it's the full, it, the full gamut. It, it makes it makes no difference. So the first thing is, does it translate to me and how do I make it work? Even the concept of a staff restaurant, like I, I'm struggling for space to, to put all my stock in my warehouse. I can't even, yeah. you know, cope with the space I have. You know, so so does it really translate? And more importantly, then, is there a cost to this that I have to factor in? So, uh, I mean, so the so the answer to the initial question is absolutely it's applicable to SMB small businesses. Absolutely. It's, it's even more important. And then... Yes, I work for LinkedIn and we're a large MNC American tech company, but you have to be remember that not everybody want, wants to work for American tech or mm. even a large MNC mm. as a multinational. They, the idea of working in an office of, of 500 people is terrifying, let alone 2,000, 6,000, 8,000. They want to work in an office where they know everyone, they're friends, you know, maybe even have family in there, maybe yeah. a generational workplace. Yeah. Um, so the talent brand needs to be related to and authentic to the company that you are. <clears throat> if the idea is... Uh, you know, you're putting all your money into stock, then what's the point in having, you know, a cafeteria, for example? That's that's not what we lead with. In fact, it's not really mentioned. It's mentioned on a sheet that we give our candidates when we hire them. Mm-hmm. We we want people to come to us for, you know, aligned to our vision, um, our culture, and and the fact that we will develop them and make them better professionals. Mm-hmm. Everything else is on the side. It's, yeah. a, it's a nice side benefit. But if you're an SMB business, what is your why? Mm-hmm. And why should someone come and work for you? Mm-hmm. Is it <clears throat> they're going to work supporting a local community are they going to work on some project that is new and developing maybe even brand new startup um it's people want to be connected to the, to see their work having impact connected to the vision mm-hmm. and back to the what is <clears throat> what is your why what does that actually look like so what what do companies need to kind of either revisit or explore for the first time is it back to their vision their mission their, their culture how does how would you actually begin the the process of, of even exploring that what what is our why so your your research so your question is how do you build an employee employee value proposition and understanding your why you start with with people you already have your leadership mm-hmm. and your employees mm-hmm. and ask them two very important questions why did you ap- apply to work here what keeps you here and you've in there you've got two very very powerful questions so it's what got you in the door and what keeps you here and so what, once you've spoken to your leadership and your employees you, you then analyze that data and you've got the basis of your employee value prop there. Align that to the leadership. So yes, we want these people aligned to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then program that to where the business is going, not just now, but where you're going. Mm-hmm. So it's it's aligning talent needs to your strategic growth. Right. An earlier question for you is, does this cost money? You can establish a, a great employer brand and, and your employee value prop for free. Mm-hmm. It's, you don't need any money to do it because all you're doing is speaking to your employees understanding their why and then through channels like linkedin for example you can release content uh, media videos blogs by your employees showcasing what is their why and and people can relate to that content mm-hmm. and what are the proof points that it works that taking this approach is actually effective so there'll be a number of things um number of factors so you would see um if your employee value proposition is working people understand your why and they relate to your why Employee attrition would go down, so people leaving your organization would, would go down. Mm-hmm. Direct applications would go up. Um, employee engagement scores, so as we move into the war of talent more and more these days, people can spend a lot of time and effort on getting more people into their company, hiring more people. Mm-hmm. If you've got an attrition problem and people aren't staying, then that's actually, what's the point in hiring if you've got a leaky bucket? It would mm-hmm. be the recruitment language. Mm-hmm. So employee engagement, measuring how happy your employees are, you can use that tools via Glint, for example, um, that will make sure people are, are staying at your company. So attrition goes down, direct applications go up, employee engagement scores go up, 
Um, you have more followers, create brand awareness, generate more customers for your business. Yeah. Um, you can tie it to bottom line, which is often want, what business leadership want to hear, mm-hmm. is if we're investing in this, what are we going to get out of it? Yeah. It's a really interesting concept, though, because I'm picturing one of the challenges may be authenticity. So you, you need to be true to what you're actually offering as an employer. There's no point out there pretending you're something you're not because the reality so you, is going to be very different. Prob- you've probably hit the one of the biggest changes in talent brand in recent years in, in that one sentence or your one question in that um, I say the, the era, I call it the Kardashian era, um, uh, where you know people really release one photo that's been staged, photoshopped, filtered and edited and it, and it doesn't reflect reality. Mm. Um, people want to be able to relate to a company, to a brand and more importantly the people. Mm. So if I take our example, for example, at LinkedIn in Dublin, we're uh, 1,700 people now going to 2,500. We relocate about 40% of people to our jobs here because of a language skill set. And I can't relate to someone who's living in Germany to move to Dublin. I'm not German, and I've never moved from Germany to Ireland. Mm. Um, So what we do is we empower our staff to share their message. You know, we ask them to, you know, record videos, write blogs, be active on our platform to share their message. And that's real. It's unedited. It's often live. And people can see a human. They, they, they see someone like them mm-hmm. who's made that transition, who's made that jump. And all of a sudden people are like, oh, I, he, he did it. He's happy. He's successful. I can do that as well. Mm-hmm. They can see someone like them, mm-hmm. not someone who's been photoshopped within an inch of their life. Yeah. It's really, really powerful. Um, and we've had some incredible success the last 12, 16 months now. Um, since we've really invested in in our talent brand, our use of employee-led branding, so putting it our hand, our uh, tools, our messaging in the hands of our employees, we've seen a 67% increase in direct applications, um, which alone is a case study. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, we've seen a 47% increase in hires from direct applications. And these were people who clicked apply. I didn't have to allocate sourcing support or... Um, extra resources to identify these people. These people were following LinkedIn and applied to our jobs. Mm-hmm. It was a, just a wonderful success story. Uh, it proves our product works and it's what candidates want to see. Yeah. I think one other piece companies are probably struggling with is the whole idea of flexible working. Um, and it's back to being authentic. You know, we, we're, a, we're a flexible employer. But I think it's fair to say remote working still has its challenges not least from a maybe a trust issue. Do you have a view on that or what is, what's your view? So um, I think as we mentioned before, we could probably have an afternoon on flexibility uh, ourselves um, because, you know, with flexibility to me, um, so let's say I'm a parent, I'm a father, and I maybe uh, require a different degree of flexibility to you, to someone who is younger, someone who is older. There's no one size fits all for flexibility. Mm. Flexibility is a little bit of a poison chalice in that, um, if you are seen as a flexible employer, brilliant, you know, well done. You don't really score any points for it. Mm. If you're seen as an uh, as having no flexibility, then that is quickly your reputation. Mm. And you know, people want flexibility in their life, whether it is around hobbies, another side business they may have, family, friends, or just life. You know, there's a lot of work life balance these days. Realistically. You need an, a Wi-Fi connection, a phone and laptop to do your job these days. If you're managing teams or customer facing, okay, there's going to be need for more human to human element. Mm. Um, and then with so many companies putting an emphasis on uh, partnership, collaboration, teamwork, working together, also again, very different, difficult to do if you are remote, mm. you know, a few or even all of your week. 
Um, so it's it's finding the right balance. Yeah, there isn't a one size fits all for every company. The same as there isn't a one size all fits all for every employee. Yeah, it's what you need for your life and I need for mine. But technology is obviously playing a much bigger role in terms of facilitating things like remote working. Absolutely, I, you know, I, I share a funny example of a colleague of mine in the US, and we've been working together for over a year. And I we met to each other recently, and we shook hands, and we were like, "Is this the first time we've ever met?" Because we'd worked together two or three times a week for over a year. Yeah. But modern technology with you know video conferencing, it's in some ways it's just as good or or in some ways better than person to person. There will nothing ever replace that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're now we're going to venture into AI, the bots. Are they going to take our jobs? Um, uh, you know, with recruiting, automation, smarter technology about how companies attract, identify and attract talent. Um, will the robots do it all? Mm-hmm. This is another story for another day. But mm-hmm. um, you know, technology does play a huge part, but. In reality, if you're a, a sales rep, for example, if I look at LinkedIn's world, you need a Wi-Fi connection, a phone, and a laptop. Yeah, okay. Back to what is your why, the talent brand strategy, and kind of a, a refreshed approach, if you like. And then you look at the, the tried and tested methods or the, the, the fundamentals, if you like, of recruiting and hiring. So I'm thinking things like job profiles, the actual interview process, the onboarding process. What, if any, changes have happened within those elements or are there other elements I haven't even mentioned there that you're saying are still absolutely the fundamentals or, you know, take these and review them as well. So re- recruitment can be broken down into, into three stages. You've got your, your identification, your engagement and your, and your process. So identification is identifying talent to meet your hiring requirements. Um, engagement is getting you interested in, in me, the role and the company. Mm-hmm. And then process is simply the, the operational part of recruiting. Recruiting needs to be, has gone through a kind of operational revolution in the last few years. It's how quickly people can go through a process, what technology or methods are being used to assess talent. Uh, so, for example, you know, there's more and more one-click applies. So gone are the days where you had to upload a CV, fill out 20 different boxes with all your personal data, and then submit. Mm. Now it's click. Um, more and more applications are now geared to mobile phone. Most people apply for jobs via their mobile phone now. Mm-hmm. Um, the importance of referrals. Um, you're nine times more likely to be hired via referral than by applying directly. So always we would recommend using LinkedIn to look at a company when you're researching them as part of your what is your why, Um, establishing a brand. You're looking at a company to see what they're like. Do I know anyone in there? Ask for a referral. So referrals, other things that have changed is the importance of candidate experience. A famous example in the UK with, you know, cable, satellite television, media provider, and they realized there was a direct correlation between people who were interviewing and people who were canceling their subscriptions. And so what it turned out or transpired was that I was applying for a job and my candidate experience throughout the process was was poor. And so I got so fed up with this process, I went home and canceled my subscription. And that was worth three million pounds annually. Uh, this is a study, you can find it online. And it highlighted the monetary aspect that recruiting can have, bottom line impact. You know, companies can do any company, SMB, one man show all the way, all the way to MNC. Look after your candidate experience because yes, they're candidates, but you know they're also customers or people who will talk about your brand. Mm-hmm. So you know, five quick tips on that would be: Are they greeted warmly? You know, is, is there a reception? You know, are, are they welcomed? Is the room that they're interviewed in tidy? Mm. Um, does the interviewer know who they are? I know that may sound like a really simple question, but some people interview 50 people a week and they don't know, oh, who's this? Oh, oh Paul, yes, uh, thank you for coming in. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a very nice experience. Mm. Um, they get feedback within 48 hours of their interview and ultimately they leave the building more inspired about the company and role than when they walked in. Mm-hmm. And if you can address those five simple things and none of them cost any money, then, okay, you may not make a hire, but they're not going to 
be annoyed or upset with your brand because of an experience that you could entirely control. Mm -hmm. So we've got candidate experience. Uh, and then when it comes to recruitment process, you know, people don't want to get candidates these days don't want to go through 10 stages every time. And candidates, given how much opportunity there is in Dublin at the minute, they could be in multiple processes at any one point. Mm -hmm. And if you get through to five, six, seven, eight stages, just become disengaged. So we're actually piloting an area of work at the minute where we only have two, mm -hmm. one call with a recruiter and then one call with a manager. So two stages, both can be via mobile phone, uh, via VC or phone. Um, it may not actually be, you may not ever meet someone. We're piloting it. We're going to see if it works. There is some hesitancy around that. You know, we are a very culturally driven organization and we want to know that, okay, you're good at your job, but I actually want to sit with you as well for 40 hours a week. Yeah. So um, it's, uh, again, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but our recruitment process is a reasonably efficient one. Uh, my team will hire in excess of 2,000 people this year and, you know, we're very efficient and what works for us may not work for others. Mm -hmm. We have a fantastic talent brand. Globally, LinkedIn exceeded 1.2 million applications in 2018. Um, so our challenge isn't top of funnel for us. It's not getting people in the top. It's the setting in the middle. And that's when smarter technology is now coming into play within our process. Mm -hmm. But that's <clears throat> far, you know, very unrelatable to SMEs. If they can establish their brand, have a recruitment process that is easy and candidate friendly, they're going to meet most of their needs. But what is next? What do you think is the next trend in terms of the war for talent, you know, either from a LinkedIn perspective or from the jobs market overall, what should people be watching out for? Um, <clears throat> I would bring that back to the importance of internal mobility. I touched on it briefly earlier, but every size company and industry in, in Dublin, you know, with predicted 5% growth, it's one of the largest in the EU zone. There's a, so much opportunity in Dublin at the minute. And you've got recruiting teams spending thousands, hundreds of thousands on media, building their teams out, building sourcing functions, setting up events, running events, attraction campaigns. Um, you can be proactive in your reach, always be hiring. But as I said, if you've got an attrition problem then and a leaky bucket, then you're never going to grow your business. So more and more companies are setting up internal mobility teams or internal recruiting teams who look at and assess who have they already got. And what's great here is you know these people are a fit to your company. Now let's see where they're best placed. Where can they add the most value? People leave a job now for two reasons. I don't see progression and I don't get on with my manager. Mm -hmm. Internal recruiting addresses both of those. And so if if you can move talent around your organization effectively, that is considerate to them as an employee, uh, factors in impact of business, and most importantly, impact your customer, then you've got an, a, an amazing function there to reduce attrition, accelerate growth, and just see your company as a place where people can go and progress. Yeah. They will develop their careers. And often that's probably a much more natural occurrence in a small business because sometimes you are you know, both marketing operations, you do a number of jobs, you yeah. wear a number of hats, particularly as an SMB yeah. owner. So. And, and, and in some ways, that's brilliant. You know, they're, they're, they're doing everything. Um, you know, some people like that. Some people prefer to specialize. Um, but, you know, internal recruiting and, and uh, the, very much the partnership with learning and development, the whole upskill, reskill phenomenon that is really kicking off now in terms of, you know, digital learning. So LinkedIn Learning uh, is a is um, company that LinkedIn acquired uh, via Linda, a couple of years ago, uh, how people can develop themselves. So a, a case in point at LinkedIn would be, we've got a lot of people who are what's called individual contributors. They see their career into management. Mm -hmm. How will I ever get into management? Well, we, we create learning paths for them to say, we recognize you've still got to do your job now, but why don't you take this course, learn this, we'll give you some exposure to this, 
And so you can act like a manager, learn what it's like to be a manager even before you're there so that when an opportunity comes up, you're actually ready to do it immediately as opposed to start learning then. So that's so how you, you can partner with internal recruiting, with uh, learning and development. And then also the side the side benefit of that is you now have your what's called your 360 recruiters focused externally growing your business mm-hmm. and they're not they're not being delayed or sidetracked by you know just moving people around internally mm-hmm. external then can grow your business so richard time has flown as ever it's a fascinating topic and like you say we could speak for for hours, hours. on this it's great to speak to such an expert in this space so i really appreciate your your time today for uh, for joining me on the podcast I suppose two takeaways, two headlines, focus on your talent brand and, and what is your why would be the, the two big headlines for me. Just to remind listeners, there's lots of resources and practical advice for business owners and SMBs available on our three business learning centre. That's connected.3.ie. But for now, until next time, thank you very much. Thank you.